0: Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today taken from the epistle lesson, the words there of St. Paul, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. This is our text. And I invite your attention to the sermon outline on page 3 of our worship folder. Our family moved to Frankemouth in 1990. And that year, this congregation was uh, finishing up a major building project, over, mostly over at the school that uh, added a, a junior high wing and the church offices that we use. The name of the campaign to fund that was Building a Future. 12 years later, we embarked on another major building program, again mostly over at the school with an early childhood center and a dining hall as kind of the centerpieces of that project. And the theme for that was treasuring tomorrow together. And now here we are 12 years later again Another major building project being considered, and the theme for that is reaching for tomorrow. You see the similarity between those three themes, building the future, treasuring tomorrow, reaching for tomorrow. In fact, you might be wondering if we couldn't have been just a little more creative this time around, maybe a little bit clever even, what we tried to be. We talked about several different possibilities for themes. Some of them were more clever than reaching for tomorrow, but none of them were as clear to say what this is about. Because this is about the future. As our history has always been about the future. The history of all of Christianity has always been about the future. St. Paul looks forward to that in our text, when he says forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Now when Paul says that he is forgetting what is behind and, and I think thereby encourages us to take a similar attitude, he doesn't mean that we don't remember anything that happened. No, that would, that's not only impossible, that would be a huge mistake. Because we can learn from the past. And we need to do that. St. Paul is saying, don't focus on the past. It's very difficult to walk confidently forward if you're constantly looking backward. That's what Paul is telling us. So while we learn from the past, and that's one of the blanks in your sermon outline, it's also true we don't live there. Instead, we are reaching for tomorrow. And as we do that, God invites us also to forget at least some things of the past, because that's what he has done. For instance, he has forgotten the guilt of our sin, and he invites us to do the same thing. That's the heart of the gospel. That's what Jesus was all about. That's What gives us a reason to live, and to love, and to sacrifice. Just before our text, in Philippians 3 verse 10, St. Paul says, I want to know Christ, and the power of his resurrection. That's where the focus is to be. On the resurrection, that's what we remember. Christ's resurrection and our own, the promise to us of our resurrection is what we look forward to. We leave behind the guilt of our past because God has forgotten it and therefore so can we. God wants us to forget the guilt of our sin. He also wants us to forget our pride. It's not easy to forget our guilt it's it's no easier at all to forget our pride spiritual pride which which can keep us from from truly repenting of our sins and returning to God that's pride in ourselves we also can take pride in our accomplishments which cause us to be self-satisfied to think that we've arrived St Paul knew he had not arrived In the epistle lesson today, he says, not that I am perfect, and by perfect he didn't mean without mistake. What he meant, not that I'm a finished product because he knew he wasn't, just as we know as individuals and as a congregation, we're not a finished product. We're still on the road. We're still reaching for tomorrow. Of course, if we're going to talk about reaching for tomorrow, I think it would be fair to ask, is there even tomorrow for Christian churches in our country. uh, All of our professional staff was at a conference uh, this past week, and one of the things that I learned there was uh, very disconcerting as a matter of fact. An expert in these kinds of matters has been taking a look at what's been happening in Christian churches across North America. They're getting older. I mean, the member's are. They're getting smaller. I don't mean the members are. I mean the membership is. The congregations are. And they're closing. In fact, his prediction is, and he he says there's a lot of variables here, but if things were to continue at the rate that they have in the past, he said that by the year 2025, that's only 10 years away, by the year 2025, at current rates, Two-thirds of Protestant churches in America will go out of existence. Well, is that what we're facing here? Is what we're talking about doing? Is that kind of a, kind of a desperate act to just try to survive? Well, I'll let you be the judge of that, but uh, here's some things that give me optimism. The first, of course, is God's promises to us, and we always count on those. I also want to share with you a few statistics. We don't want to do that too often, you don't want to overdo that by any means for a lot of reasons. But these, I think, these statistics uh, provide some great information. So we look back, went back to that year, 1990, when we finished that Building a Future project, the year that, that our family arrived in town, and, and asked the question, how many people, how many adults, have come to St. Lawrence from the outside? So we're not talking about our school kids who grow up and get confirmed in the 8th grade. We're talking about people who come to us from outside our congregation. How many of those are there? So we we looked at 24 years from 1990 to 2013. I'm going to put some numbers on the screen. They go kind of quick, so I'll tell you what the the drill is. There will be four numbers that are on the screen. One of them is the correct answer to how many total adults have been added to St. Lawrence since 1990. I want you to try to to guess one of the, the four answers and pretty soon they'll start to disappear and the correct answer will be left. Okay, so the possible answers are 437 or maybe 743 or 1743 or 341 it's one of those four well it's not 743 or 341 1,743 adults have come to St. Lawrence in the last 24 years. Now, if you add the children that they brought with them, the total new to our congregation, 2,036. Now, a lot of people have transferred out, of course, as well, right? So it's, it's not as if uh, we're 2,000 members stronger than we were, but those who transfer out aren't nearly as many as those who have come in, either by adult confirmation, and we've averaged 35 adults a year being received by confirmation, as well as uh, it's 38 a year transferring in, and then they have brought with them 12 children. So that's 85 every year people who are new to our congregation. And I see a lot of those people sitting right here, and well, one of them's over there, right there. And uh, that's just a lot of us, isn't it? I think that bodes well for the future. It's quite a trend. Well, let's look at another statistic, last one. And this is, let's compare the number of people who are baptized with those who are buried. I think that can kind of be an indicator of where a congregation is going. So what's the ratio? The baptizes on the left, the, uh, the, the funerals on the right. Is it, and we rounded these. Are they 60, 40, 60 baptisms to 40 funerals? Are the way around 40 baptisms to 60 funerals? Or is it 40-40 or 60-60? It's 60-40. And just to be very precise, if you back out of those numbers, the, uh, the number of adults who are baptized in an average year, that leaves 56 babies, and then we're not rounding anymore, 56 babies to 41 people who, uh, who we bury every year. Again, I think that's a pretty good ratio and says some good things to us about the future and, and tell us that we need to be straining. Toward what is ahead. I like that word straining in the verse. Because I think it's very similar to the reaching. For tomorrow in our campaign theme. So we've been talking a lot about tomorrow. Let's think about that word reaching. A little bit. Because reaching implies doesn't it. An effort. Another way to talk about that is as. A sacrifice. And here's the definition that uh, we've been using. And will continue to use. For what it means to sacrifice. A sacrifice means giving up something we love. For something or someone we love even more. Reaching for tomorrow. Tomorrow is what we sacrifice for today. That's what Jesus did. He sacrificed his very life because he loved our lives more than he loved his own. And he wanted to be able to guarantee an eternity of tomorrows for each of us and for all of those who trust in him. Tomorrow is what we sacrifice for today. Too often these days, it's the other way around, isn't it? We rack up debts today that we figure somehow we'll figure out how to pay those off tomorrow. No, tomorrow is what we sacrifice for today, Because we know that tomorrow is coming and it takes no effort to let it come. It does take quite an effort to embrace it, to, to reach for the possibilities that tomorrow brings. And that's why the, uh, in, your, in your sermon outline we have a couple more blanks to fill in. One of those is talking about tomorrow. We won't just endure it, we will embrace it. And we don't run from it, we reach for it like we've always done from the very beginning of our congregation. I mentioned before that we can learn from the past, and that's so true. Let's, uh, let's revisit the book that uh, both Pastor Adams and I have quoted in the last couple of, of weekends, that's Teach My People the Truth. By the way, some have asked about that book. It is still in print, it is still available downstairs in our bookstore. It's ten bucks. If you want to save a penny, you can go to the uh, to the historical museum downtown where I understand they're they're being sold for nine ninety nine. So you pay a penny for convenience. Just a couple of quotes from that book. Pastor Lee was the pastor in Germany, never, never came to America. He stayed in Germany, He organized the whole thing, sent people over here. Later on, he was writing about the founding of Frankenmuth, and here's what he said about uh, those first settlers. He said, No earthly necessity drove them to leave their fatherland. In the homeland which they loved, they enjoyed a good life. It was a noble idea that moved them. And that noble idea was prompted by the noble act of Jesus. St. Paul talks about reaching a goal in the epistle lesson, but Jesus also talked about reaching a goal in today's gospel lesson. Let's look at, at those verses. He said, I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow. By the way, this is a figure of speech that he's using today and tomorrow, and then on the third day. It doesn't mean literally day one, two, and three. It means... I'm going to be doing this for a while, but ultimately I'm going to, on the third day, ultimately I'm going to be doing this. So I will drive out demons and heal people today and tomorrow, and on the third day or in due time, I will reach my goal. What was his goal? Well, he tells us, he said, no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. His goal was Jerusalem and his death there on the cross. His goal was the cross And what was going to happen on the third day after that, the empty tomb. And all of that was for a purpose. He had a goal for that. And his goal was the salvation of all people. That's our goal, too. Ambitious? Yes. But we like that. We like a challenge. It's in our DNA. Here from the minutes of the uh, Rostal uh, Mission Society. This is from 1844, the year before this, the uh, the founders of Frankenmuth left Germany. Most of them were from Rostal, and there was a lot of discussion as these people were reaching for tomorrow what that ought to look like and even the wisdom of their venture. These are from the Minutes. It says, who knows how many illusions are at play here. In private conversations, they were warned about their dreaming concerning... America. That's the thing about reaching for the future. It's not that clear. And there can be disagreement about the best way to get there. So some people thought the whole thing was a bit foolish. And they were right. At least to a certain degree. Because in many ways, Pastor Leahy and and Pastor Kramer, the one who accompanied the settlers, in many ways, their plan failed. Their goal, their plan had been to convert the entire Chippewa nation. Failed miserably. But God's plan succeeded. And so Frankenmuth was founded. And and St. Lawrence was founded. And you probably have no idea of the influence that this congregation and this community have had in our Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and beyond that in our nation and even across and around the world. Let alone thinking about the three million tourists who visit our town every year and who we just need to do a better job of figuring out how to touch them in a little more uh, way with the gospel. That's God's plan. And so we continue to press on toward the goal To win the prize for which God has called us heavenward. Not an earthly prize, but a far more important one. And not just our place in heaven, that's guaranteed, that's ours already. But a far more satisfying one. We sang about that in the sermon hymn, verse 3 of that hymn. You may have noticed that was written 20 years ago for our congregation's 150th anniversary. It's still true today. We are Christ's own nation, a people he has won... But for our congregation, his work is not yet done. Into the world he sends us to those still lost in sin. And in his grace commends us for each soul claimed for him. Each soul claimed for him. That's the prize. That's what prompts us to keep going, to keep working, to keep reaching for tomorrow. Amen.